Coming up, the Brooklyn Nets take care of the San Antonio Spurs at home and one Dennis Schroeder. He may not have been the hero Brooklyn wanted, but he's the hero that they deserve. We dive in on his epic debut coming up next. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day over there. You'll find Doug Norrie. I'm Adam Marmbrecht. We thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. We are 100% free on all those great platforms. And let you know, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, who helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And Doug, 123-103, victory, and welcome to Brooklyn. Schroeder, the shooter. Spencer Dinwiddie who? (laughs) Don't even even remember him. man by that name. I apologize. It is, look, I mean, post-trade deadline with the first look at the team as as it's going to be for the rest of the season, assuming they stay healthy, we're going to get Cameron Johnson and Daron Sharp back here eventually but you know starting to round out to the team that we're gonna see going forward and Dennis Schroeder in his first 27 minutes was like I I mean honestly one-to-one everything we wanted Dinwiddie to be this year and just he either couldn't or wouldn't and it's like unclear which one of those was the bigger factor the couldn't or the wouldn't but regardless with Schroeder here now he literally did every single thing that we've been hoping that Dinwiddie would do attack opposing bigs getting to the lane run pick and roll pocket passing on drives with rim running centers running in parallel like all like literally the stuff that Dinwiddie did last year and just kind of stopped doing this year and Schroeder I think kind of maybe proved that it might have been Dinwiddie's choice and not by design because they they, I mean he was honestly I'm being serious and and looking very fluid in the moment and I don't want to like go crazy because I think we have a big sample size of who Schroeder is but in terms of like what the Nets needed and kind of needed to stabilize going mm-hmm. forward around Cam Thomas and around Mikhail Bridges and Ben Simmons and these guys, he might be kind of like the perfect complimentary piece, which would be hilarious because it <laughs> might have just been an afterthought kind of trade, like ultimately when it all said and done. But you, I mean, literally could not have had a better Brooklyn Nets debut. Yeah, as a byproduct of wanting to move on from Spencer Dinwiddie because of whether it is age or time or personal decisions, whatever the case may be, the Nets end up with a player that they really need. Listen, I don't even want to make it, I want to go as complimentary towards Schroeder as possible here in saying that like his his natural mentality is is what the Brooklyn Nets need, right? Yeah. There is this world where, where Spencer Dinwiddie was always being asked to do a bit more of things that isn't really his true identity as a basketball player, capable of doing it, saw it last year, but then coming into this season, maybe for whatever reason, his own agenda included, just did not want to be dialed in on, I need to push the pace, I need to get into the teeth of the defense, I need to find open shooters. And Schroeder, the other compliment I'll pay him here is we just remind everybody that this was a 15 and 12 assist night for Schroeder, six of 13 from the field, three of five from beyond the arc, obviously came in, knocked down his first three shots that he took, including two from deep. So it was just like everything about him stepping onto the court was electric tonight, but, but he has the mentality even defensively. <laughs> 
and he's a wafer. The Nets got much lighter as well in, the, in these transactions at the deadline. He's bodying up against Wembenyama in the paint. He just seems to have like the tenacity. We talk about this with Dennis Smith Jr. I think you, the Nets have needed that to be a part of their identity. And Schroeder, at 30 years old, veteran in the league, but this has been a part of who he is. He's a guy that, that, that has a bit of a grit to him, plays at a very high clip, at a high pace, and that's something the Nets needed more of behind Ben Simmons because we saw how Ben Simmons impacted coming back off the injury, getting this team running up and down the court. Nobody else pushes the pace like that until you've seen Schroeder tonight. Really easy to do it against a bad team like the Spurs, but again, you could not have a better sample size of what this guy seems to bring from a my intention when I step on the court is set up other people first, push the tempo second, and get a couple good looks for myself as well. Only 13 shots. Like, didn't go high volume here either. That's a big difference between him and Dimwitty too. Dimwitty still always wanted to get his shots when it felt like it was his time to get those looks. Yeah, look, big-time floor raiser off the bench. We've talked about when they shipped in Woody out, they were going to need to get a point guard back simply because there weren't going to be enough ball handlers on the court, on the court that could really, like – punish the defense they have other guys like Dennis Smith Jr. Lonnie Walker but those guys really aren't pure point guards right they have mm -hmm. capabilities they do different things obviously but you know they have little bits of that in them but they're not going to be able to sort of just like common offense down again run high pick and roll to be able to get in and like just rim run with some of these guys be able to finish the basket which he's done pretty well for his career like those are the things that they just kind of needed and again like not to not to you know go negative on Dimity here but because Dimity did do those things in years past, he just wasn't doing it this year. And it was, yeah. it was the problem. Yeah. And, they, and there was many times and the shot clock stuff, they needed to get bailed out. It just wasn't there in the way that we kind of expected. And if he's going to be able to come in here, play 25, you know, 24, 25 minutes off the bench, be able to run the second unit, which it looks like they're going to be able to do. They were able to pair him with Cam Thomas. It's an extra small backcourt, but they, you know, got Claxton out there to be with that group to make sure that there was defense and you're going to have DFS to be able to, um, add some overall size as well. He's going to be able to play with a lot of different combinations with this Nets team, and they just really kind of need that. Again, uh, we're only bringing the Dinwiddie up thing, Dinwiddie thing up two well, two reasons. One, I got traded for him, but two, it's like they just needed this very specific thing yeah. for a lot this year. Too many times we just saw, you know, too much just Bridges and Cam Thomas being like kind of the only thing. Team, team, other teams can just figure that out. They kind of had figured that out. And Dinwiddie had been relegated to sort of just like a weak side corner three-point shooter at times. And that's just like not good enough. So if you're going to be able to do those other things, like you said, push the pace, ball distribute, already feels like probably Claxton's like favorite teammate, right? Like mm -hmm. get, got him so involved on multiple just lobs and just really picture perfect, uh, perfect lobs, even the one that ended the quarter where uh, it was like right into, basically right into the hand. basket for right. Like just the easiest two points and assists you're going to get like all those things do add up. And I think you could kind of feel the energy on this team, make a little bit of a comeback soft landing spot with the Spurs who are 10 and 43 or whatever. Like they're not mm -hmm. a good team, but that's fine. Like sometimes you just need to have an easier matchup to start putting the pieces together to build off of. And that's exactly what felt like happened tonight. Yeah. And again, because it's the one-to-one when you watch the way Schroeder passes, the way he finds players, right? Pushes the pace and also outlets to Cam Thomas on the wing. Cam Thomas getting more open, easy looks in this game. We talk about him being able to take and make really difficult shots, but you want him to find easy ones. And you mentioned Claxton as well. The interior presence of mind to say, yeah, I'm getting into the teeth, but I'm also finding players and putting them in really good spots to be successful. Uh, again, 
It's just the archetype of the player. Dinwiddie, if he was going at the basket, which he wasn't doing as much, he was trying to finish and not always getting there. When he was giving lobs to Nicholas Claxton, they were going to the third row, right? Like it just, things did not click with him specifically in this season. So really refreshing, really could end up being a nice bonus here in terms of a, what felt like a soft move the Nets made at the deadline could actually could pay big dividends here. Coming up in a second, I want to talk about not only, uh, we got to talk about Ben Simmons and his performance tonight, which continues to give more positive returns, but what are the expectations for Schroeder inside of this team as you get Cam Johnson back on the floor, as you get Lonnie Walker revved back up as well. Lots to look forward to here for the Brooklyn Nets over their next 30. We'll continue the conversation coming up in just one moment. Before we get to that, tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn. Look, when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. So we got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free, LinkedIn is just, isn't just another job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals. Makes it the best place to hire. Gives you access to professionals you can't really find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy, very intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. That's that's a day for all you math nerds out there. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or the resources to hire just going to make the process as easy as can be for you post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on mba that's linkedin.com slash locked on mba to post your job for free terms and conditions apply all right so as we continue the conversation here talking about the brooklyn nets coming off a nice win right get off a little bit of a, a little bit of a slide there come out of the trade deadline want positive vibes back in for your team before we talk ben simmons can i actually I, I, maybe you can tell me if you feel like this is out of order for us but i also will say that for whatever Jacques Vaughn is not as a head coach or the areas that we think he has issues, I got to tell you, when you put Dennis Schroeder into the rotation, you take out Spencer Dinwiddie, it does also make me look back and go, right, so how often were you asking something of, of Spencer Dinwiddie that he was either incapable of doing or indifferent to doing? And how much better does whatever this scheme is, the set plays, everything looked to be a lot more crisp and a lot more free-flowing and a lot more communicated on the offensive end of the court. Like, I, I will be curious to see how this carries forward for this team when they get into some more difficult matchups and how it reflects on Jock Vaughn and the coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, well, one thing that, like, really helped tonight was they just kind of got healthier, right? Like, Dor Dorian Finney-Smith back, Dennis Schroeder, in in Schroeder into the mix here. They got Lonnie Walker back, right? So they're just getting more of the guys that they expected to be able to play. That alone is going to help. We're seeing growth from Jalen Wilson as well. I'm sure we're going to talk about him sort of, like, as the rest of the season goes on. I think they're going to feel, like, pretty confident playing him. Maybe played another 30 minutes here. But yeah. overall, so I think the one, I think that overall just general health helps because these guys are just the better basketball players Two, if you just have a guy who might just be a better stylistic fit and that mm -hmm. could be also too because again we're comparing him to Dinwiddie but he is a little different here there's a like there is some more fluidity with the basket uh with the basketball like there are some other pieces to his game that just are different right it's a little it operates a little bit more in the flow of the offense there's, mm -hmm. there's not as much stagnation we saw a little bit of isolating opposing bigs but not tons so I think overall. Again, it's like hard to tell if it's a feature or a bug, but I do think just watching it work stylistically, it made a lot more sense. And yeah. and it really helps, I think, for sure, too, before we get into Ben Simmons. Mm -hmm. Like, he's just a really confident basketball player, too. And with this group, that does help. Like, that, yeah. like with this group specifically, who has guys 
has a bunch of guys who are like probably all good, very good role players on teams. Not all of them, but like a, a lot of the guys in this team are like mostly just like super role players. Mm-hmm. To have a guy who just can fit in with that from a a, a confidence perspective and a like just I'm as good as all of you or I might be better and I can kind of just command this thing. Like I think that this is a group that where that's really going to fit pretty well. So I think it's I don't think this was just a. I don't think this was just a one-off and I'm not sure it was just, I, I think it's more of a shooter thing than it is a team thing. And I think he was just like, Oh, it's like, Oh, this kind of guy might've just been the right personality to add to. Yeah. seems to have, I was about to say the right kind of mentality when he gets on the court. And then also he has playoff experience, right? He's been on championship caliber teams and done, done had pl- deep playoff runs. So if you think about him relative to Mikhail Bridges and the young Cam Thomas and these other guys, you can step on and say, Hey, listen, don't worry. I, I know where I know where I want to get you the ball. Right. And that's also a big part of it here too. You're in the backcourt. You're trying to set the table 12 assists on the night. That's always going to make the teammates. That's really going to ingratiate you to teammates. If you go, Oh, my, what, what am I doing? I'm going to go ahead and get you into really easy looks for yourself. And he did that throughout the night. Ben Simmons here. Then this is also, if it wasn't for the debut of Dennis Schroeder, I think we would have come out of the 22 minutes for Ben Simmons feeling as good as we have about him in his return from injury. Six of seven, that's seven attempts from the field, got to the line, had one of two there, only three rebounds, only five assists, but gives you the 13-point performance to go with two blocks there as well and three steals. Uh, again, the most aggressive that we've seen him, there's been some really big moments, obviously going back to a couple of the previous games, but if we're if we're trying to be excited that he looks like he's getting healthier, this was another really good example of a player in Ben Simmons who attacked downhill six, seven, eight times in this game and also took little turnaway, fadeaway jumpers. Like he was looking to go at the basket, looking to get shot attempts for himself. That really matters if this team is going to be successful on the back half of this year. Yeah, turn around, turn around, fade away in the lane, which we really have that went down. So yeah, really haven't that seen went that in, right. that went in, not side rim, went in. Had one of his more aggressive takes. It was actually ended up being a travel, but I thought it was one of yes. the better takes he had taken. He uh, just where he looked like he was confidently trying to get to the rim to finish over uh, a, ba- a defender that was on his heels, and he ended up traveling. But I thought like I was like, oh, that's a good sign. I didn't really mind the travel. He did take extra step, but it showed that he was trying to make. He was trying to finish over a guy in transition that he knew he was bigger than. I, I think like those kind of things. A lot of it's transition stuff, but some of, but not all of it. And I think that he, if he can be good, I mean, seven shots in twenty-two minutes for him is enough to keep defenses at least a little honest, mm-hmm. right? And like that's actually we're at the point where with him now, where we're not looking for, you know, we're not looking for fourteen shots a game here, but we're looking for guys not having knowing defenders don't can't play six feet off of him because they can essentially play a pseudo drop defense against him because he's never going to do anything while he just does dho stuff into a single defender and it doesn't really matter right like so if you can't do that as a defense as a defensive scheme because you he might turn the corner and try to finish at the rim on you like that's kind of the next piece that to keep defenses honest. And I think we started to see some of that. The turnaround, you know, fadeaway was just kind of icing on the cake. But this was for sure the most confident he looked like getting the basket. And I have to say, like, thank God it was six for seven from the field, right? Because we've seen other times where he tried to push this this tempo and like this agenda early and it just didn't work out. It was like over threes, over fours, and then he would just and he would get away from it. Yeah. So it's so comforting, not comforting. It's really encouraging that the times tonight that he tried to do it, it all worked out. And I think that is a really good building block for him. Again, nice spot to have it happen. San Antonio stinks. But 
they desperately need this other thing to happen because they need his driving kick game to work really well too. And they just, I mean, look, he's like six foot 10. Like he needs to be able to finish at the rim also. So yeah, I think overall really, really encouraging game. I thought it was probably his best game back in terms of like how he looked in it from a comfort standpoint. I want to get into the bench a little bit and then talk about rotations going forward. I also had a thought about the big picture for these Brooklyn Nets the rest of the season, but got to tip the hat here to Nicholas Claxton as well. The other big or five or pseudo five, whatever we end up labeling these guys, he goes and gives you a double, double 20 and 11 from the field, 10 of 15 won the tip to start this game, by the way, against Wembenyama, which is how I knew that the Nets were going to absolutely dominate. When you have a guy in Wembenyama, like we, we don't need to spend any time on him. He's absolutely insane. He's a rookie. He has limbs that look like they should be snapping apart if he steps, but then he's also crossing guys over and everything that he can do. But Nicholas Claxton, as we've said now throughout this season, even going back to last year a little bit, he likes to be the, he likes to be an irritant. Like he likes to get underneath dude's skins. And, and I think when he comes into a game like this against the guy that's going to be the rookie of the year, he takes a big step back and says, okay, like we'll go ahead and we'll see what this looks like. He got in his face a handful of times. Had, I think he actually landed on him coming off of one of those jams where he kind of settled himself onto Wemby's shoulders there before getting down. He continues to have a really strong back half of this season. And I think, again, take the Spurs for what they are. But Claxton is now building kind of that resume that, that's getting back to the place of, well, why don't you want to, why do you want to avoid trading him? Why do you want to keep him around this roster? Because you can see how good he is. And Schroeder actually helps to highlight in a game like this, the spacing, the pace of play, all those things makes the offensive end of the floor for Claxton look a lot easier and a lot more efficient and effective. Yeah, I thought he was awesome on defense tonight. I thought yep. he was um, like, you know, I said before that when they run these smaller lineups, he's a guy that they have to play. And he yep. and he was able to clean up multiple like situations where the other guys were getting taken advantage of because of their size. And he helped off and like one, he had a great help block um, earlier in the game. And he was just able to change shots enough at the rim when, if they're going to run these like Lonnie Walker plus DSJ lineups, which are really, really small, right? DSJ is a good at the rim defender, but I mean, still, he's still a small guard, right? Like they're going to need, they're going to need help. I thought his help defense was really, really good in this game. He clearly is still playing with a chip on his shoulder right against kind of everybody it feels like and i'm like fine with it world. like the nets the nets need some of that right they don't really yeah. have they just don't really have guys like this and he's one of the few guys that kind of has i was gonna say negative energy but that sounds bad it's like a it's just kind of like an energy where he doesn't like he wants to when he dunks he wants to let you know he's gonna hang on the rim for an extra second he's gonna get in your face he's gonna doesn't argue at all but he just wants to let you know if he did something like the Nets are kind of desperate. He's, away. he's not helping up opposition. He, you know, he's like, "Yep, you went down. That's your problem." Like, I, like I am yeah, playing some, my game, right? Yep. Yeah, he's again. He's playing with a chip on his shoulder, and I like it. And the Nets need that kind of guy. Uh, tonight was the first night where, I, not the first night, but it was a reminder about why, to me at least, why he was in the like, Defensive Player of the Year consideration last year when the team was actually good. Remember, to get mm -hmm. DYOP, your team has to be good. The Nets aren't going to be good enough for him to be considered. But there was times tonight where it was just another reminder. It's like, oh, yeah, you can see – you can just see why he was in there. So, I don't know. It's like we'll talk about roster balance here in a second, but I think that, like, it was just at least this nice comforting piece where, like, these pieces just seem to make a lot more sense together. And as Doug said, the team is getting healthier, but still waiting for Cam Johnson. Lonnie Walker, just six minutes tonight, waiting on Dayron Sharp. What is this team going to look like going forward? And where do some of these bench players fit in? Not just Dennis Smith Jr., but also the young rookie in Jalen Wilson, who had another nice performance for himself. We'll get into that coming up here in just one second. 
All right, before we finish that off, I'm going to tell you about our friends over at Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things just a little bit further? you ever wonder what a venture could be like, like around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUV, SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. They got the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. It's got room up to eight, uh, tons of cargo capacity, advanced available 4x4 capability if you want to get a little off-road in there, 284 horsepower, up to 6,000 pounds of tone if you want to bring something along with you. Or they got the 2024 Nissan Armada. Uh, it's going to change what you expect from a full-size SUV. Uh, you've got a rugged 4x4. It can seat up to eight in first-class luxury and style. You get best of both worlds with that. Tow bigger and explore further in the 2024 Armada, take the Rogue, take the Nissan Pathfinder or the Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. All right, so as we tie a bow on the 123-103 victory for the Brooklyn Nets at home against the San Antonio Spurs, a team that they will see again before the year is over. And that matters in a big way because I do want to set the table for a strong stance that I took ahead of this game over on social media. Before we do, though, the bench unit, we, we say we're still waiting for Cameron Johnson to come back and get healthy. This made, I think, his 13th game or 12th game that he's missed this season. So there's obviously some concern there, let alone the performance on the court. But Dennis Smith Jr., this is also a nice one. When you get Schroeder, Smith Jr., and Wilson combining for 7 of 11 from beyond the arc, it's also the best of all worlds in terms of the shooting. Good contributions from Dennis Smith Jr. 24 minutes, six of nine, gave you six rebounds, the two assists, the, the defensive value is there, the 14 minutes. How do we see this shaking out though? Jalen Wilson still getting 30, and he went three of four, two of three from deep, gave you eight minutes. Again, another solid performance. But what about when Cameron when Cam Cam Johnson gets back and he's healthy, right? What about how you balance these two rotations? We we acknowledged on the last episode getting a little too excited about how many minutes Jalen Wilson would be slated for. Do you think, can he play himself into a position where the coaching staff says, well, we have to give him, like we really do need to give him minutes. He's earned them. That has been something that Jacques Vaughn has preached this season, at least philosophically. If you earn the minutes, then then you get to be on the court and play in big spots. So far, he's done nothing to say that he's he should be sent back down or be buried on the bench here. Yeah, I mean, he's shooting 47% from three through, I mean, less, fewer, than fewer than 20 attempts. Uh, I mean, also one thing the Nets haven't been all season is fully healthy. So it's almost like he's not that big of a risk to lose minutes because they just haven't been healthy. And it's hard sure. to imagine a situation where they're able to maintain the health. I mean, one, just because few teams can just like, get you know, guys just get hurt. So it's nice to know that he's still he's going to be there. I think when everyone is healthy, you will see these minutes really tick all the way down and that's fine. Like, you know, Cameron Johnson's going to play over him. They have, they have Daron Sharp there. And I know people are going to say, well, how does Daron Sharp affect his minutes? Well, it affects it when you like, you're thinking, okay, well, you're going to play Dorian Finney Smith at the five now. Right. And like, yeah. then you can play Jalen Wilson at the four or the three. Well, now you put Daron Sharp in there. You can still play DFS, but now you kind of shift everybody up um, or down or down one, sorry, up one position. So like, those things do end up mattering for the current construct. Like the next, the Nets aren't just a 24 minutes or excuse me, 48 minutes of true center kind of team. Right, if right. Sharp isn't out, but when they Sharp is there, they kind of do end up being like that with maybe a few, maybe like 43 minutes or something like that of true center. So it all does matter for these guys. I think it will be harder to find him minutes, but I think it's also fine. I think he's already proven that he can play at this level. I think we've kind of know that. Not sure like what the ceiling is, mm -hmm. but the floor is easily high enough. And I think like that's that alone is good enough for where he is now.
And the other thing here too, that was, we said to go back to the top here, debut for Dennis Schroeder. Guess what? He's going to play more minutes than maybe we initially would have earmarked him for, whether that was, you know, 22 to 24 minutes. So he played 27 minutes tonight because you see what his impact is here. I just, you have to anticipate him getting consistently over 25 minutes a night here in certain matchups, maybe more, maybe a little bit less watching what happens with like Dennis Smith jr. You mentioned small backcourts. Does he become a little more selective value because he doesn't have the offensive shooting upside, right? Seeing them pair small pairings, even with Thomas, or if it's going to be with Schroeder, you're always going to have the Brooklyn Nets, by the way, small backcourts like that, that. That is what they're going to be the rest of the year. Unless you really start to push guys down here and play Mikhail Bridges into, into a two spot. The other thing that I want to touch on, there's two things The quickly, since I mentioned bridges is just, again, San Antonio Spurs. We understand that a game where the nets win by 20 and bridges plays 33 minutes, four of 11, three of six, six rebounds, three assists, 14 points. Again, we, we talked about this with him and with cam Thomas, how if these guys aren't going to give you 25 to 30 points a night, each you're going to have a hard time winning basketball mm-hmm. games. This was a nice example of double digit scoring two of them off the bench four double-digit scorers in the starting lineup as well. Again, I want to see Schroeder continue this, but it makes it easier to think about different versions of winning night in and night out as opposed to, if not these two guys, Thomas and Bridges, I don't know if we can win basketball games. That does feel different now that you kind of reset the rotations here. Again, not to bring it all the way back to, to Dinwiddie from the beginning, but like this is what, the reason we said that about those guys he was, was just doing nothing on offense. Yep, like, yep. and so the reason we said we need, they need bridges and cam to car- carry so much of the scoring load is because they had another guy who maybe again, not to re- litigate this, but w- unsure if he was unwilling or unable to do it, but because he wasn't doing it all, then that was the problem. Insert a guy who can pick up some scoring load without making it, you know, without being an absolute chucker or whatever, mm-hmm. And now you, or that keeps other defenses honest because the assist totals are high too. And now you just don't need that as much, right? It's not going to be perfect every game. And they're going to struggle in some of these better matchups for sure. But overall, adding balance to the offensive attack, knowing that you don't need everything from these dudes will make a difference. The only, again, just the last time, the only reason we said that about those guys is because no one else really stepped up into the fill the void. Um, right, right. No one on the said, okay, I'll I'll help in this area. It didn't exist. You didn't have that. Guy. Or like, you know, they did it early on, like with guys like Lonnie Walker, but then he was hurt for a while, right? Mm-hmm. And so there was there was some other situations that just kind of got away from them. And Cameron Johnson really hasn't made the leap into that kind of score. Like these yes. other guys was just kind of you know a couple different reasons why it wasn't happening among the remaining group. But if you can add a guy who can just do it and has like kind of you know at this point a proven track record intruder of being able to do it, it it. it lessens the load considerably for those guys and if you can beat up on a post and you know one thing the nets were able to do really well in the beginning of the year and honestly it's really probably the reason that they had a good record is that they just crushed opposing bench units like they would the, the starting units really were okay but it was the bench units that just really really made hay against these other teams keeping them in close games and then they were able to you know pull off some w's but they got away from that through health and just kind of a guys just not being around and they were, weren't able to do it as much recently. They might be able to get back to that where they're able to just get in these, into these second rotations and just really put a hurting on these teams. And then it kind of does lessen how much the, the starting lineup needs to do. 
back to just to your point, right? Well, oh, the Nets are not the the most top end talented team, but they are very deep. The second unit can punish you. The second unit can win their minutes, right? That was the recipe here, and it's almost like it becomes forgotten because you lose, you know, you have seven and twenty over twenty seven games because Dinwiddie is not performing at that level or in that role. You kind of start to go, I don't know. It's just the bench unit, and it all looks kind of muddled, and no one's really taking charge. So if they can, if if Schroeder can be the catalyst of elevating that second unit back to the place that we that it had been early in the year, then you start to win some games in the margins, right? Then those teams that are in and around a little bit by above 500, but are more top heavy, yeah, win our bench minutes and all of a sudden pick off a couple more games here, which would be really positive, obviously, for the Brooklyn Nets as they are 21 and 31. After all that excitement and joy, this is a 21-31 team trying to reset itself. And, and I will just say, we'll, we'll, we'll look back on this at some point much, much further down the line. For a GM in Sean Marks, who has been known to find guys and scrap heap players, et cetera. Dennis Schroeder is not a scrap heap guy by any sense of any sense of the word, but this trade was not on the radar. Toronto Raptors, Dennis Schroeder, Bates Diop. Like this wasn't talked about for the Brooklyn Nets at any point along the way. If there's a world where Sean Marks really angled for this player, for how he fit, that would be a really nice feather in terms of pivoting at the deadline and finding a way to recalibrate your roster and, and turn the back end of the season around. I'm not going to give him credit before we we can really know for sure, but it, it, it he has shown the ability to do this in the past. So I do want to at least leave that door open of saying maybe he knew. Maybe he knows exactly what Schroeder is, as most of the NBA does, and knew what his value would be to this team. Well, I mean, he still did the move. Uh, like, That's he still I mean, made right. the you, move. You, right, you have to get credit for doing it. You did it. And he made the move, and remember, Toronto instantly waved him. So, right. like, he, like honestly, whether he knew it or not, he was still able to get the deal done. Toronto waved him because they're like another one point five million for games played. No thanks, you know, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, and that was like literally all it was going to cost them to to basically do it because they still had to eat the uh, eat the salary. And so the like, I, I don't know, like maybe it wasn't in the grand plan. But even when they made the move, I, I we were able to we see it too, lateral but, we, but better. Like we yeah. saw it, we, we said it right at the time. We're like, this makes sense. He, yep. They need to add another guy like this, and I don't think it would be this good. But it, like, it at least made sense conceptually. And if the and if the alternative was, you know, if you're taking him because again, like Toronto's, easy, the, you can see why they did it. They're like, well, you know, we won't hit the 1.5 bonus on Dinwiddie's contract, and we'll cut him, and we don't have to pay Schroeder next year because we're moving on. We're moving in a different direction. We have sure. other guys, right? But for the Nets, like it was easy to exactly see how they would use him. We knew he was going to come in and play. Like I had him for like 25, 26 minutes tonight. It was very obvious how they would use him uh, like coming right out of the gate. So I think, I mean, you have to give him credit for that move, especially if the alternative was going to be like waving him, which is like, again, what the other team did. (laughs) So uh, like, I think that that has to be looked at nothing short of a huge W. There we go, man. A great debut for Dennis Schroeder. A great win for the Brooklyn Nets trying to get themselves on track. Obviously, they will not be back on the floor until Tuesday night, and that'll start a uh, home and home there against the Boston Celtics. So soak up the vibes now because we're going to have some tough games ahead, certainly for the Nets. But you take the wins whenever you can. The Brooklyn Nets got a good one tonight. All right, we're going to get out of here. We'll stick around for a few minutes um, in YouTube. We've got a bunch of people on YouTube. Really appreciate everyone here that jumped in to YouTube Live. Make sure you go to wegotnets.com. Grab a copy of the free ebook, Five Stories Over the Course of Five Days about Brooklyn Nets history. Some you know recent stuff, some stuff that happened you know back in the day. All really cool stuff. And best news, all totally free. Go to wegotnets.com. Grab your copy. In honor of our new German player, Dennis Schroeder, Totten Sagan, Mer Alswarte. Deeds say more than words.
unknown. Oh, one of the unknown, one of the all-time great poets. We're back again tomorrow in a moment on YouTube talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.